Think about this. Your parents were maybe in their 20s to their 30s when you were born or maybe, you know, mm-hmm. not quite 30s or whatever. So then you think about this. They were listening to the 80s that you then picked up from them. At around like our age, which right. is interesting. So what's interesting yeah. is that what you like as like your favorite, like, you know, this is my nostalgia thing is actually your parents favorite normal thing and they are nostalgic about the thing their parents liked so unless you're just like i'm a 90s kid show me some doug yeah because you know our parents (laughs) didn't know much about so so we're nostalgic about the 80s because our parents liked it and then we are nostalgic because we grew up in the 90s and -hmm. knew those shows yeah so we have both our parents influence and our influence but only one of them is our true like experience and that is the 90s i want to meet someone who's nostalgic for like the 40s but our age you're like oh my grandpa used to play me those uh Big band. Copyright big band. That was the name of the band. That was really big back then. Antique Road Show. There is actually a band called The Band, and they were just like an awesome band that would like support other big bands. It's just like the backup band. And they were actually really great musicians. Yeah. Um, and so uh yeah, what, I, what I'm basically positing out there is that anybody who is like our age, like 30, and is like, oh, dude, I am just super fan of the 80s, what you're a fan of is your parents' nostalgia. I saw a Woodstock <laughs> cover band in Florida. <laughs> they were a band that did, well, they don't always do all this, but they did um, nothing but different bands that were all bands that were at Woodstock. Oh, like did covers like, of that. Yeah, and so they did like, we're going to do like a fake little Woodstock Janice Joplin party. And, yeah, they uh, did some Joplin. They did The Who. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Jefferson, whichever one was first. Starship? Airplane, I think. <laughs> whichever one was not on the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys ready to start this thing? Let's do it. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And, and welcome, welcome to the Houseplants, Houseplants Podcast. Podcast. We are here to talk about... I forget. The mission of Jesus. Music. And media, which gets stuck in the middle each time. And it's the least talked about one. (laughs) Yeah. It's probably the one that we are not as much experts in. Well, I don't know. We both have broadcasting We both have broadcasting degrees. And Bob has a job as a networker, so we're all really clued in. Software engineering. Technically kind of a media, I guess. No, well, software is media. Oh, absolutely. What I'm saying is we haven't worked in, like, television in a long time. I say that we (laughs) all... Not since we were young and uh, accepting of free jobs and... I say that we all, for uh, an episode down the road, we buy an old system, play every Christian video game that came out, and then do one about Christian video games, which would cost us about $400. But um, anyway... I got the consoles. They're right behind you. <laughs> so did they make any for the Dreamcast? Because I got that. Ooh, that would be really <laughs> awesome if they had a Dreamcast Christian game. <laughs> All Lost they had was uh, Shenmue. <laughs> okay. So before we uh, get into our topic today, which is going to be really fun to talk about, and Bob and Zach both have an enormous amount of notes. So I'm just going to play the commentary guy who adds a little bit here and there. But first... Pepper in those comments and yeah, yeah. But first, we're going to do to it. we're going to do a little worship, and mm-hmm. uh, one of the great things that we're going to do as part of our worship is to kind of call back to a style that we really enjoy. Uh, I won't tell you any more than that. You'll, we'll just we'll just let you enjoy the uh, the thing we're throwing down. And if you haven't heard anything like this ever before, 
Yeah. Let us know. Yeah, because the thing is, because this is a brand new sound that we've invented just now. Yeah, and <laughs> nobody knows about it. Nobody. Yeah. You kids won't like it, but your parents will. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So you guys ready? Here we go.
It's all good. The pedals kind of touchy. Man, that was fun. All right. Cool, guys. Um, yeah, I uh, I had so much fun that I almost forgot some of the words, but it was a lot of fun. We really... I, I, Colin, we, I like the emphasis you put on... on, on I on, tried. On I tried. I have very little soul. <laughs> I try my best, but Can I am such free. a goofy... <laughs> yeah. Ah, I really no, no, it sounded nice really scene. good. It sounded good. I was trying to, like I told Zach before the episode, I was trying to harness my inner Michael McDonald. Well, there's your problem right there. The worst doobie brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh boy. You should have channeled like. Yamo be there. <laughs> All right. Yes, somebody else instead. Okay. So, you ready to uh, pray, guys? Yeah, buddy. Should. I think last time it was that. Uh, it was that. Uh, last it was time Bob. it was you. Before that was me. So it's Zach's turn. I'm going to keep a tally of each prayer. And if we deviate even slightly, because prayer is very structured, the points will be all off, and then there'll yeah. be like a clear winner to the podcast. That's true. We don't want to have winners and losers. So. We have to do a war of deterrence where each person tries to upray the next person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Basically, you're under siege, and the only way to survive is prayer. Prayer. So. Well, you know. That's true, though. <laughs> we do a lot of truth in that prayer. statement. All you know? jokes aside, that's a good. That's There's a good a lot word. Of truth in that statement. There All right, you go. ready to pray? Yeah, Father, thank you so much that we get to be a part of a podcast that we get to have fellowship with one another, and that uh, the blood of your Son cleanses us. Lord, I pray that we would just speak boldly um, your truth, and that we would um, have a message that would be uplifting for your community. Lord, we just uh, thank you so much for all that you've given us. It's in your son's holy and precious name. Amen. 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 Man, that was fun doing the uh, both your like awesome fills on the uh, electric guitar, but me on the. I uh, try. <laughs> you No, I mean, considering that we just pulled that out of our butt, <laughs> not to be crude or anything. Well, I'll tell you what, I, um, a little bit. I did sit up here for about an hour and I was just um, messing with the pedals. Yeah, plucking Trying around. to get the right. Um, combination you, there i think you really embodied uh early edge yeah. or like mid-range tears for fears yeah or like late uh journey i'm basically <laughs> like a less good the edge there you go so. <laughs> <laughs> I, if only i could sing like the guy from journey that would be so great that this song i would have gone an octave higher yeah. One with himself, I cannot die. Yes. Thank you for sparing us. <laughs> yeah. No, it sounded really good the way it was. It was fine. So. It was all good. Yeah, and, I, um, and I had fun doing a low harmony. I don't get to do that typically. Yeah, that was pretty so, fun. Um, it's good. We we are standing on the backs of people like Michael W. Smith with the frilly jacket. And, um, I mean, we just owe everything Keith in Christian Getty music. Keith Getty with the uh, curly hair and the weird like yes. artist hat. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> if anybody, if anybody Geniuses. listening to this po- uh, podcast wants to look up a video, look up Michael W. Smith, eighties, nothing but the blood. Yeah. It is fantastically terrible and fantastically wonderful. The flock of seagulls hair is strong. And let me just, let me paint a picture for you all. Four Christian singers of relative note at the time. And still to this day. Oh yeah. Uh, all decided to dress up like not like it's not even a costume. It's just their interpretation of cool. That's their rock concert. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 one of them, uh, it was the Dove Awards, I think. It's like Michael W. Smith mm-hmm. in the frilly white leather jacket trying yeah. to embody some kind of like rock thing. Then one of them has like a cross earring and sort of looks like a Judas Priest sort of thing yeah. with the bleach blonde hair. One of them has like a, one of those artist hats and like kind of curly is, hair and is very tears for fears. Is SCC in there? Stephen Curtis Chapman? I can't remember. Yeah. I know Keith Getty and Michael W. Smith are in there, but I yeah. can't remember who the other two are. Yeah. But they're basically the four horsemen of early <laughs> Christian music, <laughs> the white jacket as in the <laughs> white horse came first. No. So oh boy. you guys should definitely oh look that up, man. We're really, we're really getting off, uh, deviating off quite a I'm bit. So sorry, everybody. Well, you we're know, just having fun. That's kind of pertinent to our topic today because we're talking about, we're traveling. taking a vacation from the, from the actual <laughs> topic here, aren't we? We're really just, we're not even sticking to the mission. Take are a we, Bob? retreat. Bob, let me ask you something. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to get your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the most beautiful and fun mission trip spots. You know what Most I'm saying? Beautiful and fun mission Picturesque, trip. No, what I, I mean is like, yeah. where can I go on a mission trip where I can also surf, get some great souvenirs, right, maybe yeah. meet some, meet a yeah. girl, uh, potentially uh, maybe just uh, sunbathe. Where would you mm. go? Where would mm. you, where would you, where would you kind of like sort of start to be really concerned about that area's uh, faith so that you could go and take a trip? Yeah, I'm very concerned. Uh, my heart, well, I, I, my I, I, heart is burdened for Hawaii. Yeah, I was about to say uh, po- Polynesia yeah, definitely Polynesia, sounds sure. uh, yeah. so, so, sounds like it could be. Um, th- th- there's definitely some some areas of the Caribbean where that might might fit what you're looking for. I would like to make a worship song, and it goes like this. <laughs> Yahweh, 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 Yahweh. <laughs> it's like a sandals resort. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! All right, so if yes. you guys can understand the springboard sarcasm there, we are going to be talking about mission trips and how they are not a vacation trip. That's right. Yeah. Now I think a lot of people uh, get the wrong idea because um, we talk a lot as Christians about like short-term missions versus long-term missions. Um, yeah. Some would say short-term missions never go. Yeah. Um, but I think that um, as you guys will find, as we talk about this, it's, it's all about where God is leading and yeah. how we can be mm-hmm. most effective for him in ministry. Now, so absolutely. A, now yeah. I, I am not discouraging anyone from having a good time on the on the mission trip, but I do argue the fact that, if your motivation is mm-hmm. God centered, it's for the kingdom and for the benefit of the people going and for their salvation and for the betterment of your spirit, then it's totally fine. Then it's fine. You can't, you can go out and swim. I don't care. I'm j- I'm just talking about a yeah. lot of people feeling that nice feeling like, wait a minute, I'm being supported to go to a beautiful sunny beach or I can have a nice time and hang out with my friends. Or even even the <laughs> the less um, the less clearly bad intentioned, but right. good intentioned yeah. um, trips that are well meaning, but perhaps um, could have been 
done mm-hmm. differently or could have been better served a different way rather than spending our time and resources traveling. So, you know, let's get yeah. into it. So um, I thought I had a scripture I wanted to kind of springboard into this. We kind of when we um, put this together, we sort of listed out like when are short term missions good and when are short term missions um, not so good. And okay. so before we get into those, I kind of wanted to drive home the point that it is it is clearly about where God is leading us is the yeah. most important thing. And so there's this famous scripture. It's Exodus 33. Um, I won't read the whole chapter, but basically um, the Israelites had just left Egypt yeah. and uh, they are wanting to be led into the promised land by God, but they have rebelled. They've practiced idolatry, which we talked about idolatry at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, sure did. So was Aaron a jerk or not? That's the question. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, um, so in Exodus 33, verse one, then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt and go to the land. I promised an oath to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will drive. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites and Perizzites. Hivites and Jebusites go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you are a stiff necked people and I might destroy you on the way. So God was clearly angry with them. And he said, you know, I'm going to go ahead and send you to the promised land. I promised it to your ancestors, but you know what? I'm not going to go with you. You have messed things up. Um, you're going to, if you're going to go at this point, the way that you guys have been acting, you're going to be going without my presence. Dang. That's that's scary. That's huge. Moses said to him, if you go down to verse 15, Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people? Unless you go with us, what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. So Moses took the time to plead and say, God, if if you're not sending us there, I don't want to go. I'm not going to lead people there. If you're present. Yeah. Yeah. So he pleaded for God to go with them. And because this is what God wanted for his people and because Moses pleaded with him, God said, okay, I'm going to go with you because you're my faithful servant. I'm going to show them that I support you. Right. Yeah. And so I think, I think this is what I've had in mind um, as I've read your guys's notes and started thinking about um, this on my own. I think, Mm -hmm. I think it's really about where God is leading us. I think that's the question you should always ask, but we're going to get into it a little bit. So I'm excited to hear what you guys have, because you guys like just just for your info, everyone, the um, notes for our podcast have been upgraded to like level seven lately. We started using color coding and color coding. Things are much more uh, lengthy and explained with lots of scripture. And so you're going to hear a little more analytical uh uh, takeover. I say as I push my glasses. Oh yes, you, yes you do. <laughs> All right, guys. So um, where are we starting here? We talk about short term missions. We can talk about. Let's start with the good, and we'll just go point by point. Okay, I like it. Sure. Yeah. So um, when are short term missions a good thing? 
I wanted to, because, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of a layman because I haven't actually gone on a overseas mission before. Sure. Not one that I would consider an overseas mission because I've mm-hmm. been to Ireland, England, Scotland, and Wales, but it was just to go there sure. uh, when I was in high school. But um, I will say from what I understand of short-term missions, one of the good things is that um, if you are not trying to, if you're not trying to create a, a situation of dependency, mm-hmm. if you are trying to establish a, a support system for a community, but not create a, a situation of dependency. Yeah. Then short-term missions can in some ways be good. Yeah. Because you're not trying to enforce upon them the idea that you will just come back once a month and then they don't have to worry about working or having yeah. their own economy. So, so the opposite of that would be when you're empowering the people uh, that, that you're trying to assist, that you're trying yeah. to lift up, yeah. recognize their own gifts yeah. And bring those to the forefront. And Kevin and um, Sh- uh, Shannon talked a lot that's about right. that. That was like their yeah. main point mm-hmm. about F- uh, CFI. Well, that's a big deal in Haiti. So yeah. in Haiti, there has become this sort of dependence um, in certain areas where people have become dependent on not just Christian missionaries, but just foreign aid in general. Close and people and, um, come down on medical mission trips yeah. and things like that. So it's not even all just the church, but, um, there, there are people about the linen business has gone down or the clothing mm. industry. Right. Cause, uh, cause people donate clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so people that are mm-hmm. selling clothes or making, yeah. making uh handmade stuff. there are losing business to, to mission workers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some people end up with nowhere to turn other than to, um, kind of make a career out of basically asking foreigners for money. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, 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 so you've taken away their ability to economically develop because you're giving what would normally be exchanged through commerce. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and so instead you're turning the economy into a focus of a begging situation. Yeah. Right. And so it's going to be really hard for you to not only sh- build up in yourself as a local there, it's going to be quite difficult for you to build up a sense of dignity and worth when your entire existence seems to be reliant upon those of another culture. I mean, they, they have their own currency in Haiti, but I've been three times and I've never seen it. I've never seen a Haitian dollar. They, they all use American money. Right. But like, so, so so the, the image that we're talking about, if I can use uh, something from our generation, I will say that you're playing a side scroller beat em up game like <laughs> Final Fight or uh, Streets of Rage or maybe the Simpsons game uh, at, at the arcade. And you are maybe, I don't know, you're maybe one or two levels away from the final boss. And then you lose your last continue, right? So America comes in and they're like, hey, listen, we're going to put a quarter in the machine. Okay. Two, one of two things happen. Either A, that person goes, well, then I can just do whatever I want because they're just going to keep giving me quarters or they're going to go, you know what? I need to buckle down and get to this boss with the three continues. No, no, no. no. I think that's the initial reaction is <laughs> I'm going to buckle down and get to the boss. Right. But then when you, fa- but, but, but then you like my analogy. <laughs> yes. But then after that, the, the quarters keep coming and right. they keep coming. So the and problem they keep coming and you're like, well, they're just going to keep coming. I might as well just take advantage of this. So what is the good thing about what is the, maybe the, the, maybe a follow up question to your guys question is what is the right way to do a short term mission? Mm. And yeah, I, yeah. and I guess yeah. for, so, so, uh, so we're, so, we're so reaching the, the surface, but sure. And so, so one way is to make sure that you're not taking away work from 
those who are there. If you're there yeah. and you're doing things, you're spending hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to this, to take time off work and get down there, airfare and all the expenses that go along with this, just so you can do work that could be hired by a local. Sure. It's right. you're, you're, you're doing it wrong that, that this is not beneficial at all. Yeah. You are literally robbing their economy and their economic development and, and ability. You're creating a and, codependent relationship. A codependent mm-hmm. and removing their ability to self-sustain. Yeah. Yeah. So Zach, what's your experience with all that? I mean, you've gone on plenty of missions. Right. Yeah. So I would say that I'm coming at this as somebody who's mostly seen the best of what short term missions can can be. Yeah. Um, That's mainly due to like really good leadership through like CFI and other Mm -hmm. organizations that I've worked with. Um, And, you know, for CFI in general and others, I think it's really good when an organization takes the initiative to say we're going to be run by locals on the ground. Right. We're not the um, American saviors that come in and and rescue everybody. Yeah. It's, it just doesn't, um, it doesn't work that way. Things work in other countries in ways that we don't really understand. Right. And so I think leadership always needs to be with the people that are there. Um, What is kind of silly about that is you end up with um, people connected to people back home who have the resources that don't Mm -hmm. understand how things work on the ground in the country. And so that's where um, mission teams can be really good to keep that connection going to help us stateside understand what's happening there and the reasons why it's happening the way it's happening. Like in Haiti, for instance, when they build a house, they build it a little bit at a time. Right. You might go in and lay some bricks one day. You might come back a few weeks later. Like you won't get to the roof until like way later on in the process. It takes a long time because things just take a long time there. Yeah. And I think Americans, if they saw like an entire, they would want to see a process like happen really quickly. A lot of the time, like sometimes Habitat for Humanity will do like here in the States. Build and- a build a house in one day. Yeah, we'll oh, in a week. Yeah, that's not yeah. not Bob. Typical. Come on, let's not sell ourselves short, okay? Yeah. <laughs> if we cut a few corners, American ingenuity. If we cut a few corners and got rid of some of those safety, leave a few protocols. like load bearing studs out. So just so that more space, open yeah. uh, open floor room. Yeah. yeah, no, but it's best to do things on the on the time schedule that they would culturally expect, and the way sure. that things just work within the country. So yeah. Um, let's go through some of these um, when mission trips are good when they're short term. So, Bob, what's the first one that you put there? Well, I, well, one of the big things that I came across is that mission short term mission trips are can be great for opening our eyes to new cultures and demographics, um, as well as our new opportunities. Um, and so it, it's very much in this mentality of for those who are going it's an education experience for the travelers, not for the locals. Yeah. Sometimes maybe for the locals for experiencing you and your culture, but you're only there for a week and much of it, you're going to their world. And so you're experiencing things through their eyes, through their culture, through their economy, through their demographics. And that can be quite powerful. Yeah. I, I, I find um, it's there, there's a certain level of culture shock that comes with that. Mm-hmm. And in many regards, I find that to be kind of healthy, um, very much for the United States in particular, because 
if the U.S. military isn't involved with it, then we typically don't know anything that's going outside, going on outside of our borders. Yeah, it, right. It, so, so, so we. So the internet can help. It, it can help yeah. for those who are truly seeking that information. Look up on YouTube, yeah. like, but, hey, yeah. day in the but, life. But of, by and large, yeah. by and large, Americans don't know anything yeah. about about life outside America. There really is such a thing as the American bubble. This yeah. is known internationally, the American bubble. It's not the Great Britain bubble or the European. It, it is the American bubble. It is. It's, it's known by every country, and, and also, and, and it's known because it exists. We are very isolated from the rest of the world yeah. in general. Also, and so having our eyes open can be quite powerful. Sorry, Colin. No, no. It's, I, I was trying not to interrupt you. I uh, was going to say I was going to retract what I said because a lot of times when bloggers or people go and say, "Ooh, check out a life in the thing," they're not going to a country that uh-huh. is like destitute that needs like mission work done in it. Like that would be like not as glamorous a video as going to like Tokyo or, you know, a Beijing, China or somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. And so um yeah, no, I think that the I think that you're right. I think that the the countries that aren't doing so well that need just uh you know that kind of support so you're talking about like relief type missions yes yeah, yeah. i would say that well right right and i'm not R- just saying that i would say i'm not saying that's the yeah. only mission but i'm there, saying there are different types because like i would say if you're going to a more developed country your mission is generally going to be more evangelistic uh, we, type. Mm-hmm. you're not there to provide foreign aid or try to like provide support as much as you are there to make a connection just with the people. But isn't that also more in the vein of a dangerous thing for people who see it as a chance to go and hang out and make it into like the fear of vacation. Oh, it it depends on the heart of the person. Sure. And and I, I think I would agree that more even less relief oriented missions can be much more vacation oriented because you know me i'm an extrovert because i would love to go yeah. and meet some foreign people <laughs> sure and, and if you're going to a very developed country if things are nice and cozy yeah then then it, it's it's easy to forget why you're there in the first sure. place right sure and i think that god can use you uh, even if you're just there to, to socialize but absolutely I, but i think that like zach said it's about where your heart is at yeah and especially like that scripture we listened to uh exodus and exodus um is God going with you or are you yeah. just like going, you know? Right. Right. And I think, uh, another thing that's really cool about, um, opening the eyes to new cultures and experiences is it's really great when, uh, people come back from a mission trip and they become te- the teachers, right. To help others mm. like in their congregations and stuff. Right. Oh yes. Yeah. No, no, no. no. And because that's, that's- you become a connection point where you are sharing the experience you had in another country. You're sharing that here for our benefit. Yeah. Right. Which, which very much leads into next one is ex, ex, exposing people mm, um, yeah. to to what a group is doing on the ground and gaining support for that organization. Uh, the classic example of this would be for, for Zach, for, for you and your experience with CFI, you can come back and you could talk about CFI and encourage people to help support CFI yeah. in the work that they're doing in Ryan Keat Haiti right. um, and, 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 and creating avenues for that to happen. Yeah, both times that I've returned to Haiti, it's been to invite more people along and help lead the trip, as well as to do like photography and video and stuff for the organization. So a lot lot more promotional type work. Yeah. Yeah. And we even had Haiti concerts and things. Now, as well, I'll be honest, I, um, when I was when I was first beginning to learn about short term missions, this one particular felt weird to me. 
because I mean, the idea of going there simply to come back and tell others about it yeah. felt a little strange until I began to realize that most people don't buy in into what an organization is doing on the ground in another group in another country unless they themselves have a personal buy-in. Yes. Yeah. And that is uh, I, I, a part of me wants to say that is actually quite sad, but at the same time, I also can understand. I understand it. what you're saying. It, it, it feels yeah. strange. Oh, well, you're not going to support this unless you've been there yourself. Yeah. But, but on the other hand, there are literally thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of organizations that are doing great work. Where are you going to put the limited funds that you've been given? They're going to get. Yeah, it's going to get lost in the tussle. Like and, you're, you get asked even at um, the grocery store to like up your bill to the yes. next dollar. You know, in, in order to help, in order to help children's help ho- a hospitals, or something. Yeah. there's there's millions of charities, and um, I think that we're very oversaturated, and I think that a lot of people um, are totally willing to be generous and give. Um, they just need to be asked. Absolutely right, and and so I think there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah, so I mean, I can think of countless stories where somebody was asked to donate to something and they had already been asked by somebody else. And so it was like, Oh, we made the error of like not asking. We put it off, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so as, yeah. a, as a result, this is the primary yeah. way these organizations on the ground gain support is by people coming back and trying to garnish support for them stateside. Think about the times that like you've, you've been in a church and you've known somebody in the church who's gone on a trip yeah. They come back and typically you celebrate what God has done on that trip. And so you get to hear about it. And maybe you want to support that mission next time because you've seen somebody that's gone. Well, here's the thing that's really important for everybody to remember who's coming back from a mission trip. If you do not have a good broadcasting guy to give you a <laughs> slideshow video yeah. of different pictures from your mission trip with a pu- uh, uh, a pretty or beautiful uh, yes. uh, piano melody with like maybe a girl singer in the back, like, you know, like, I will go where you send me. Oh, <laughs> then nobody's going to want to go. So you got to make that video good. <laughs> all you need is the, oh um, <laughs> all you need is the little slides with the clicker. Yeah. That's all you need right there. See, this is me. Yeah. Uh, that's some dirt on the ground. Right. This is me next to a leaf. I believe that the leaf was more brown than green because it was in the fall. Uh, oh, this is me uh, alone in a uh, what looks like an outhouse. And that's it. So, yep, that's Haiti. And uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, you got to make that video good. We can't we can't be lax on the videos, people. I'm just kidding, and I guys. think that. I think that the connection that we were just talking about is very crucial for churches. Yeah. You know, um, having been a part of a church that was kind of in a downswing that needed some uplifting energy, like sending some people on a trip and having the rest of the church kind of bond around sending these people forward. Right. Sure. You know, is a really powerful thing. So even for the people who don't go, it's good to be attached to somebody that's on mission. Yeah. Whether it's long term or short term, short term, because it can work either way. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. I'm going to I'm going to ask you all what this even means. Uh, so 
number three, you have here that you can provide them with like skilled and technical support people. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you saying that like you would basically have somebody stick around long term and then you would go back and just like have a, a few people? Or are you talking about actually finding people locally that know what they're doing? Uh, no, it's it, 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 typically that refers to um, having skilled labor from from the states yeah. travel down for a week or two or three in order to provide that yeah. service to them. Um, mainly because those on the ground um, and and a lot of what we're talking about, once again, is much more relief and development focus. Right. And yeah. in those situations, having people who are skilled in a certain way or knowledgeable in a certain way, having them go down for a short period of time in order to provide those services can be quite beneficial to those um, who are long term stationary down there, who could, have dedicated their lives. Could you be talking possibly about? having like a school or some kind of center in a third world country and needing a computer person to go and give some computer <laughs> assistance. Um, that, 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 that could be very much it. Or maybe sending down a group of, of, con, of, of general contractors, people who, Engineers. Are, who, who, are, who work in construction for a living uh-huh. and they spend a week down there. They organize, they, they figure out what the project's going to need. They order all the, all the labor, or the, all the lumber ahead of time. And then they go down there and spend a week doing construction U.S. level construction yeah. in, a, in a second or third level country where that level of quality is not normal. Yeah. And, right. and, and, and so medical um, in the medical field, this medical is, is another as another perfect yeah. example. And so there's a lot of opportunities even outside the church, like I was kind of mentioning before for medical missions. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. who are in like grad school in um, like nursing pre-med or, um, you know, getting their like medical doctorate sure. or whatever, they will go and they will spend a week in mm-hmm. a third world country just working in a clinic or something because they might not have a doctor for like miles and miles. Absolutely. And so this is, you know, we're not talking about going and taking away from what somebody will normally be doing. No, but we're talking about providing something that, that they they cannot get locally. Yeah, the, 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 that's they just don't factor. have that infrastructure for it, or they yeah. just don't have that level of uh, medical uh, service or, or, or of knowledge, yeah. or, or or what level is there is in the culture is so different that yeah. that it's it, it's not the same. It, right. it, it's the communication can is much more difficult to to grasp to fill in the gaps we're looking yeah. for. I also know of a group that's looking at um, at sending a, a, a pastors. Um, from across the nation down to Guatemala in order to train up pastors down yeah. there because most pastors in the U.S. have masters or doctorates, and that's not the case in a lot of Central yeah. America. And so going down and helping to train them up in, with with knowledge for how they can better lead their flock um, and, and, and increase their understanding of the scripture. I mean, we're talking going through Greek and Hebrew. We're talking some deep level stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what, what was the, uh, the, the Bible study course that you've taken recently at, uh, Oh, inductive Bible study. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah the inductive Bible study was one thing that actually came up during the planning mm. portion of that teaching yeah. some basic inductive. I mean, we're talking seminary level yeah. getting in deep. It's th- th- this is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> I will say, um, there's, there was a few non-English, like English is a second language mm-hmm. speakers that I've seen uh, do very, very well at Hebrew. That's really? Very, yeah. I don't know what it is about English and Hebrew. It's there's not a lot of crossover. <laughs> <laughs> it's very difficult. But yeah, one of one of our best people in my class was uh, an international for sure. So 
So and he knew several languages. <laughs> so awesome. yeah, I, one, one thing I, I remember very quickly on this is the fact that even in an area like China, an area that's considered to be quite well developed in many regards compared to the United States, um, out in the more rural areas, it's very much not the case. When I was living out there, um, we had got to get we got a Christmas tree and we got found some Christmas lights and strung yeah. it up. And they're on 220 volts electricity, and this matters because every time I went to plug in, is it DC the, or AC? It, it, it's it's AC, it's AC electric lines. <laughs> but but every time I went to plug in our, our Christmas lights or unplug them without fail, every single time I'd be shocked, uh, <laughs> physically electrically shocked from touching the plug to plug it in or or, or unplug it. And so I, I point I, I I tell that story simply to point out that a lot of times what we would consider to be general basic quality of craftsmanship <laughs> isn't always present wherever you might be serving. So, so you became Clark Griswold. So maybe not providing electric lights or but but the point is that wiring in electric lines and even water lines, things like this, the craftsmanship it varies greatly, and when you're coming from the stateside, it can be very nice to be able to provide yeah. them with a little bit of luxury, like U.S. quality of manufacturing or construction. Amen. God bless America. <laughs> we got we got some high standards. It's it's hard yeah. for the rest of the world to hold up to our standards. Yeah, we can, right. like you said, we have the bubble as well. Like we're just a oh, yeah. very included uh, society where we don't really think about anything else. Yeah. So what about um, what about this next one? What about domestic missions? Yeah, what what about it? I I, I often find that I feel like domestic missions often gets um, downplayed in the name of internationals in a lot of cases. So what do we mean by domestic missions? Local. T t typically, it's going to be more local, stateside, probably less. Not uh, a day drive or less. Typically, yeah, 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 yeah day drive or less is a good good point. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a good point of, of, of reference there. So for us in Kentucky, if we went to California, it would be almost would be, like a foreign. That would be a mission. mission. Well, it, it, it is. It is like a country <laughs> in California. There, 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 there is there is a lot of truth in that statement. Um, and I, Texas literally is its own country. Yeah. The Republic have, of Texas. I have done a lot of local missions. Right. Have you? Before I ever met you guys, Northridge was like big into those. Like it was um, one of the first things that really kind of uh, encouraged me towards Christianity when I was still on the fence. Uh, a friend of mine from high school invited me to this youth group that Jake was doing. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things we did was we went on Halloween, either the uh, like the night before Halloween or on Halloween. And we went door to door, and instead of asking for candy, we asked for cans for the local uh, food pantry for the homeless. Oh, very cool. And so what was funny is I went with my friend Andrew, who we went door to door, and he's more of a, like, <laughs> he was, like, funny because he got, like, frustrated by the, like, guys who would, like, be mean to us. We'd say, like... <laughs> We'd say, "Hey, we, we're trick or treating for cans tonight for the homeless." Children. He'd be like, "We don't, we don't give cans to people because we worship the devil in this house." And then he would like slam the door, and Andrew would like go like, "Whatever," and he like kick rocks or something. But like, it encouraged me because I was like, "Oh, this is what Christianity is about—doing something that has nothing to do with you 
It's like about making the world better. You you, you notice the sacrifice that was taking place. Yeah, and so where, where you could have been gathering candy, you were instead get, uh, sacrificing that opportunity. Your time, both your time and, and, and not the opportunity cost. Halloween yeah. only comes around once a year, right? And so, what's interesting is that uh, we talked a lot in the past and past episodes about how uh, a lot of churches are very focused on getting members in the seats and, and, and trying to uh, recruit and all of this. And one of the things that I feel like is such a huge uh, factor in whether or not a person will stay at a church is mm-hmm. whether or not they uh, throw in with the ideals yeah. of the church. Uh, and so, and, and I use the word ideals because, you know, it's like you, you could, could say beliefs, like, but you could have like the the mission statement on the door, but that's not exactly yeah. encapsulating what they're doing. What you're what you really want to do is actually go out with the church and do some mission work. No, you're talking about the mission of the church. Yeah, the mission of the church, the Thank mission you. of yeah. Jesus, as we and, and right say. And, exactly, and how that church is living it out, how that church lives out. And I think what that if God you, as us. a person, experience yeah. it and you realize that those people that are doing that work are doing it for the kingdom of God, then I guarantee yeah. if your heart uh, is is jiving with that, then you will mm-hmm. stick it out. You will end up being a very solid sure. member. Yeah. And so local missions are ways to get easy wins, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, there's a lot to be said for like keeping a strong, healthy connection to mm-hmm. what's close to you. Right. When they're going to be the people that you're, yeah, they're going to be the people that you're going on mission to Yeah, that God has called you to, to um, preach the gospel to because he's placed a church intentionally around those people. Yeah. Right. And, that, yeah. and, and yeah. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to take yeah. away from the actual work that we're doing by saying yeah. like, Oh, oh this is such a great opportunity for get more people in the church. Yeah. I didn't mean it to sound like that. What I am saying no, I don't th- is I didn't hear that. as a, as a byproduct of the great yeah. work you're doing for people in need, you will also it's easier to show, get people to, to, to buy into yeah. what you guys are doing right. and join your organization. Well, like part of that song that me and Zach wrote together, Words Aren't Everything, is about showing what the kingdom yeah. is like. Absolutely. Not saying what it's like, yeah. not describing sure. it. Right. And so I think that's a local missions is such a good way, especially if yeah. you have a community that you're trying to minister to and evangelize to and be a yeah. uh, 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 an encouragement, uh, be brothers to the, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, no, I, I I question like the situation where um, a church might neglect their own neighborhood, but still send missionaries out I would overseas. Agree. Yeah, because even Jesus said, "Go first to the lost sheep of Israel." Mm. And so, he, yeah, at this point when he was sending people out, he was sending them first to the people that lived around them, their very own neighbors. Mm-hmm. So I think that yeah. if you if you can't do missions there, sure. I don't know that you can be yeah. far flung out into the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Now, the one of the main reasons why some people might feel like they will, well, you might it might look like they're neglecting more of the local missions often comes from a desire for that that impact, that 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 culture shock. Yeah. Um, the eye opening experiences that often come with stepping onto foreign soil. Um, you know, Grant, I mean, you're not it's not going to be as eye opening as as maybe going to Haiti, for example. But we are less than, you know, less than two miles from the heart of Appalachia. Yeah. On, on, on going from our east here where we sit in central Kentucky. And likewise, we're also less than two, uh, two. I'm sorry, two hours, two hours from the heart of Appalachia. But we're also less than two hours from multiple inner city yeah. cultures as well. So from a suburban America perspective, 
there's a lot of yeah. different cultures that we can experience very easily if we just open our eyes and look. Right. That's very true. So let's um let's keep the ball rolling here. Um because I want to find out about how terrible missions are too. Because <laughs> I want to get to that. Um okay, wait. I want to make sure we get through all these. So we did we talk about how okay. did we talk about um empowering locals that was something that we mentioned, but we didn't yeah. really mention it as a finer point. But well, the main thing I think is empowering the people who actually live in the place where you're visiting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I yeah. mean, oh, we, absolutely. we talked a little bit about it, but yeah, go ahead. The, the, let that dog eat. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like I said, um, I think that the organizations that I've worked with in Haiti have been very good about this. Mm. And, um, and I think visiting and um, and empowering, it's like um, there's something about going and lending your support. Sure. That enables them to do mission. They don't necessarily need you all the time, but I think that when you show up, it's really huge. Um, I heard from a person who was on one of my trips down there, this is a person who had grown up in a different third world country was taking a trip to Haiti with us. And she said that, um, she and her family and everybody where she used to live, um, really appreciated when missionaries came in because they were sharing the world with them. And so I think that's a really huge thing because it's kind of so, so the locals were sharing the world with the visitors. No, the visitors were sharing, sharing the, the world, world with, the, with the locals, with the locals. They were like they couldn't wait for missionaries to show up because they're like, oh, we're kind of seeing the world like okay. we're not going to be able to see the world oh, because we are here. So yeah. it's kind of like what we talked about with the first point. It's the locals connection to us. That's also important. Right. And it's empowering to them. So I want to make sure that that Very was cool. There. I like it. Yeah. One other thing I did want to mention mention was the fact that um, another great reason to go on a mission trip is when you've been several times yourself and now you're leading a group um, to receive the educational and informational support benefits that you previously had received. Right. And so this is discipleship in action in my mind. Um, So the idea there is that like the first or second trip, you're you're studying this. But after that, you need to be making a bigger commitment to the ministry as a leader, uh, maybe a financial supporter, or maybe a long-term missionary on the ground yourself. And so the idea there is that you're not just repeating the same visit over and over again, but you're trying to improve and grow the ministry. You're not just taking up another body spot on the plane. Yeah, you're moving from where you were to a person who's now a leader within this organization. And that's always good growth to see. So awesome. I wanted to just bring us back to like one of our main points from the beginning. And mm-hmm. that is that, um, you know, so often when our heart is in maybe the wrong place and God hasn't actually called us to go on a mission, uh, it ends up being very much like a just a fun vacation um, yeah. So is that one of the reasons why maybe you should think before you go on a mission trip? Or is that one of those like constant fears, even from people that are regular goers of mission trips? That's a long winded question. Yeah. <laughs> but I, hope I think it's all about checking your intentions. So like yeah. Moses said, if God's not there, I don't want to go. I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've thought for myself even yeah. that I should try to adopt that outlook. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not even about necessarily just trips, but even just things in my life. I've got um, always there's a lot of different opportunities that I could get involved in with different sure. things here or there. But what I want to be able to say is that I've looked at things and I've prayed and I've said, where's the Lord in the things that are coming to me? Right. Because I want to follow where God is. And if God's not in it, I want to know because I don't want to be there. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. All right. So now we're moving forward into more of when they could be, when short term missions could be more of a negative. Not so good. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So we've mentioned a few of those early on about how um, our influence can impact their actual economy, their culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And you all should listen to the, the episode with Kevin and Shannon Conforti too. I think you should go too, back and listen to that because they give a lot of insight into that. They're, they're yeah. firsthand, uh, both organizers, uh, mission goers and, yeah. and, uh, they are within all of the infrastructure of mission work with CFI. And they talk about a lot of this. Yeah. Oh yeah. They've read the oh, same yes. book that me and Bob both have also. <laughs> oh yes helping without hurting phenomenal book by the way when helping hurts right I, i'm sorry uh yeah. yes when helping hurts i keep by misquoting Steve Corbett and brian fickert yes i keep misquoting yeah. that the title there yes when helping hurts is the, is the name of it so um the, the the idea there is 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 how to do missions well and avoid yeah. a lot of these pitfalls and right. it's funny because that statement when helping hurts sort of reminds me of the criticism episode because when you're helping your brother, it may wound them, but it will be good criticism. <laughs> so, <laughs> completely different type of hurt. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, with, with actually the exact opposite viewpoint yeah. of you're trying to assist, but you're actually end up. Uh, you're saying cr- cr- creating more I'm of a detriment Zach, to the Listen, society. okay, yeah. you are distracting from the kingdom of God with that Purdy's hat. Right. Okay. <laughs> and you know what? Somebody had to tell you, I'm your brother. You should trust me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take the lead on this one, on uh, this, this this very first point here, because it's That's very right. pointed and it's very much me speaking here, uh, <laughs> as, as, as opposed to us, the podcast. And so, the first one, when it could be bad, bad is when you've got to spend one thousand dollars on a plane ticket for a one week trip, and the only reason to go is to do work that could be done by locals. <laughs> um, right. The, 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 this one specifically, I struggle with because, uh, for example, the, the big example that comes to mind is I've heard of an organization who had so many people coming down so quickly, um, like week after week after week, they could not, they had trouble organizing things for the next group that was coming down to assist them. Uh, them being those on the ground year in and year out from stateside yeah. trying to run this ministry. And so you've got these teams coming down. They talked about having one specific wall um, in their, on their facilities that they had repainted three times in a summer, mm. basically just to give Groups something, something to, to, to do, do and make it feel it like that they're actually making a difference. Nope, go paint this wall, and so this, 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 this I struggle with yeah. this, or, or even the idea of of us coming down, or uh, and so and maybe I'm I'm wrong about this point right here, but the idea of, for example, helping to build a house with a bunch of unskilled labor in a culture that we don't understand how houses are built. Yeah. Just so we feel like we're impacting and we're actually taking three times much more time than what the locals could do. Yeah. Or more specifically, the locals who would be paid to do this job. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, and I've I've been a part of building a house in another country. I think that if it's if it's done in a way to where it's a relational kind of thing okay. between your team and some of the locals mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily super crucial that. Okay. That we're like making some kind of huge job impact. 
I think it can be okay. You really just need to pray about it. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. Prayer's always yeah. a good uh, yeah. solution to any problem. Yeah. Yes. So I, I, I guess and my, my bigger concern is so much money being invested in travel yeah. that could instead go and help support the community and incredible ways just because the cause the wages are so different compared to the yeah. US a thousand dollar US dollars for a single plane ticket let alone an entire team of yeah. 8 10 12 people that can go so far and many of these communities that we're trying to re- uh, provide relief Bob, and development yeah. to Bob here's the thing though what you're forgetting about is if the if you took the mission trip on Thursday and we're planning to come back Sunday, you could fly Allegiant for a quarter of the price, <laughs> which brings me to have you our heard sponsor. About- <laughs> <laughs> have wow. you heard about Allegiant? Oh my that's, that's a, that's an inside joke between my wife and I, because for a while there, everybody was telling us about Allegiant. Hey, did you know you could fly Allegiant? For we have, we have heard of it actually. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That was, that was my uh, funny pitch. Obviously yes. not only is Allegiant yeah. uh, hard pressed to, go to every country but they also are very like small planes you probably couldn't put like a group of 50 mission people on a plane in one place i will say but speaking of the airlines there i I, yeah one of my this is bob being hypercritical um (laughs) here this and and then and i pointed out that i honestly believe that one of the groups that really benefits the most from internet from from international short-term missions is in fact the airlines and once again, that's that's me being hypercritical. It could but, be, but it's it's just, yeah. it's something in my the back yeah. of my mind that I struggle with on a regular basis. Yeah. And maybe that's maybe that's true. Generally, that's not really been my experience. I will say, um, I'm excited to hear that. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but but I do think that. I think that the larger point is where is the spirit of God leading us? Absolutely. I think that there. Absolutely. I think that there are times where. You you might be led to have a team go to a certain place and the specific reasons might not be super clear to you until you get Mm -hmm. there. Now, generally, you're going to probably have something in mind, some kind of work to be done. But I've seen God work in a lot of the ways that have been unexpected. So maybe you're there to build a house, but something else happens through a prayer moment that you have with Mm -hmm. others um, that couldn't have happened if you weren't there physically. Um, and so I, I, in those situations, I trust God to be God. And I hope that people, um, don't abuse their, um, position as Christians to go and and take a trip somewhere. I'm sure that some people probably do. Um, but I think that, you know, for, for me personally, and for any team or organization that I would want to lead, um, I would, want to just trust God that he would provide um, if it's something that he wants us to do. So even if plane tickets can be a bit of a waste of money, I think that I think that God has more than enough to cover it. If it's if it's him, that's really leading us, though. But that's the crucial yes. question yes. that you got to ask. Yes. Yeah. Is, 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 is it really God <laughs> that's leading this trip? Right. Yeah. And, and, and once again, and I don't want to just to question everyone who's who's trying sure. to serve God. Yeah. But also my hypercritical self can't help but to sometimes <laughs> question every group that's trying to serve God. 
<laughs> you. You can be like the um, the plain security Gestapo and you can ask people questions about why they're on the yes. What's your intentions for this trip? Next to the TSA is the CSA. <laughs> Christian. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. That's great. Yes. And, 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 and Ooh, that would be solid. And, and I recognize, on the, I very much recognize that this is not an, and this is not a healthy attitude that I have. No, I mean, but at the though. at the same time, it's developed over years of uh, of seeing missions done wrong in a lot of situations. Yes, but that's okay. We we need people that can be look at it with the critical eye. Yeah, like uh, like a lot of times, I hear this from the non Christian community when they're criticizing Christianity, and that is that we as Christians mm-hmm. are being told what to do by some guy in the clouds and we are too afraid to, you know, we're, 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 we're afraid and we're codependent. Your problem is you just never think for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Just be who you are. Right. And so my biggest, my biggest issue with that is that, um, when I became a, I would say when I truly gave my life to Christ and I accepted the Holy spirit, I didn't feel this like guilt trip. I felt like I yeah. wanted mm. to serve the Lord yeah. if, for, for myself and for God. It would yeah. be like if you realize that you're like, if you realize when you're like 21 and you get to college, you open your first box and your dad had like done something really nice for you. Like put like a bunch of stuff in there for you. Did like put all your pictures sure. and stuff. Did like some really f- nice considerate yeah. thing. And then times got, that got, by a billion. Yeah, Got your favorite snacks in there. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then you just, then you think like, man, I was such a, I didn't understand how cool my dad was to do all this stuff for me. And so then you automatically want to give him a call. You want to like go and visit. So in the same way with mission work, I think that our spirit needs to be centered on the idea that we are going there with the explicit understanding Mm -hmm. that we're, we are serving the Lord. It's not, I know it's not a works thing. Uh, I'm not trying to say that you're gaining your salvation by going over and doing mission work, but it is pleasing to the Lord and it is pleasing in your spirit. And the problem is that there's a difference between joyful pleasing of the Lord and Mm -hmm. self fulfilling happiness that comes from (laughs) very, very much from frivolous, like, uh, living, I guess, or spending of the going on trips. And I think that if you were a person in church, who's like, Oh, that'd be cool to go to China. Then you need to check your, not check pr- yourself, not, not privilege. Um, uh, check your intentions, check your, check your, uh, check your, would heart. you say rend your heart? Rend, not there check, you rend. rend your heart, then rend your heart. Okay, yeah. pal. <laughs> and listen to some rend collective. Yeah. Is that, <laughs> is that, is that, is that Isaiah? Rend your heart 51. I, um, I can't remember where we read that. We but. mentioned it at one point. So anyway, I would say that that that's my big takeaway is that like, I have never been on a mission trip. And part of that is that I, I not only don't have the funds to like just fully go, I'm sure I could raise money, but my way of don't, my way of doing it is to just donate money to somebody else who's going go for me and I will support the mission that way. But I'm, I'm all about local missions. God's not called me to go overseas yet. If he does, I will, find a way to go. Absolutely. But the call to go has to come from the Lord. Yeah. And if you are excited about going and it's coming from you, pray about it. Ask the Lord if it's it's appropriate to go. Mm -hmm. Because if it isn't, you may be doing harm to yourself, people you're going with, 
You're setting a bad example for other mission when workers. When helping hurts. <laughs> it's, it's exactly right. Which kind of leads into the next one here. So the next, the, the next one we have here of when mis- short-term missions could be bad is when you travel the same location multiple times in a, in a row and aren't really learning anything new and aren't leading the group either. Um, and so, so the idea there is that you're also not, uh, and, and you're not really providing a massive skilled service, something they can't find locally or that someone else also can't provide or have difficulty providing. And so, at the, and so I'm, I, my, my, my idea yeah. here is that at this point, if it's, it's, it's turning more into a vacation that you've wrapped around the idea of serving Jesus. And so the, and so, and that if you really cared about this organization at this point, send them money. Um, that you would have spent on the trip, especially airfare, like we I talked about previously, and tell others, or maybe even lead a group there yourself. Get involved yeah. and spend the word locally. Invite others down. Yeah, yeah. Sp- yeah. Spread the word locally about this group and and what's going on on the ground. Yes, exactly. Get others involved. Yeah. Cool. There you go. So and so I, I and so I think a lot of people might disagree with this one, mainly just from the idea of what's so bad about returning over and over and over again. Yeah, well, what are some of the things that people say when they return over and over again? That kind of leads into the next point, doesn't it? What redundancy? Well, oh. um, when people want to continue relationships, right? Ah, yes, yes, that relationships. Is, that's probably the obje- main objection that I think I would hear from that um, particular point would be um, that people want to go and continue to maintain the relationships, relationships. the, fun. So let's, the, the yeah. friendships let's, let's, that yeah. they built over the yeah. years from their previous yeah. one week a year trips. Right. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. Well, my biggest concern with this mentality is that once one week a year, if that's all your relationship is completely 100 percent founded on yeah. is one week a year. That's not really relationship to me. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's that's a good point. <sighs> I mean, I mean, yeah. th- that's an acquaintance that happens to live there when you visited. I mean, th- th- this is a 21st century. If you want a relationship with them, contact them electronically. There's lots of ways to do that. People may not even have running water or intermittent electricity, but everyone seems to have a cell phone no matter where you are. Or somebody's got a cell phone. Yeah. OK. So have, somebody has I've a cell had phone. people call me on like a relative cell phone before <laughs> from, from Haiti. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, oh man. That's wild. <laughs> Yeah. And so, I mean, but I don't know how they get the minutes. Yeah. It's just, (laughs) (laughs) it's just in my mind, once a year contact is that's not a relationship. And and that's not, doesn't mean you can't maintain a relationship over long distances. I've got friends. I got a friend over in the Seattle area. I got friends in Indiana and I don't get a chance to visit them every year, but we do talk on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that's how relationships are founded. Right. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with this one, but what I would say is that I, I wonder what it, it looks like from the other side mm. um, because of what that person told me who was on my second trip about how mission teams are coming in and they're getting excited because somebody's coming to share the world with them. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, like that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to go on a trip and not advance forward um, in discipling others about sure. it or anything like that, just to see somebody that you could probably in most situations have some kind of contact with yeah. even, even writing. Sure. We used to have like a, like a foreign pen pal. That was like a thing we did at school. 
you know? So oh, yeah. it, it is possible. Um, but I do think that, um, I do think that there is joy for the people who are locals when somebody they know returns. Interesting. And I still, okay. I okay. still think everything else we said is true though, because sure. if you're, if you're wanting to go back and visit the people, you love the people in that country so much. And if it's really a calling for you to minister to them from the Lord, I think that you will probably want to um, look, become more of a leader. Yes. Start leading others. Leading down, others. Start raising awareness. Yes. It, yeah. and, and I guess once again, part of where this comes from is the fact most of these teams have very limited slots. You know, the, these planes are only so in a lot of situations, you know, the, the team size is only so big. The leaders are saying, yeah. I can only handle so many people. Right. And so if you've already been down there multiple times and you're not a leader in this situation, you're taking an opportunity for someone else to learn and experience and get excited about what's going on there. Well, here's an idea. If you if you have a friend in this place and the next time comes around and um, and somebody else needs your spot to go for the first time, you can do two good things at the same time yep. by sending somebody else in your place and sending a letter or something for the person. You oh, that's so contact. cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, yes. it's little things like that. Sure. And, yeah. and if you really have developed a friendship with them and you're going down there to see them. Yeah. Then that's a vacation. Right. If that's your primary motive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And right. So that's what I'm saying is it, it's, you know, and I don't want to discourage people from having relationships, but it's a slippery slope. Yes. And if you're going down there to have a vacation, then go down there to have a vacation. <laughs> don't disguise it. You actually as can a mission do that. Trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Just don't take the money that would go towards mission where. Yes. I mean, get a free ride. Yes. To, wrapping yeah. it in the name of Jesus. I mean, once again, it's about right. the motives. It's, it's right. That, that That's the trouble. Yeah. Yep. All right. Cool. What do you think, guys? So what's the what's the last, last one? one? So let's see. We, 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 we mentioned a little bit about not enabling communities to care for themselves. Um, yeah, we covered that quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. And then the very last one here is when God is not in the center of it. So that's very simple. Just taking it back to be like Moses. See, whenever I go on my first mission yeah. trip overseas, I'm going to buy two seats and sit in one. And when the stewardess comes and says, what are you doing? What, what, who's that seat for? I thought this was a booked flight and said, it is. That seat's for God. <laughs> there you go. So, you know what? I'm I gonna, thought God was the co-pilot. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's why the pilot buys a seat for God as well. <laughs> Passengers aren't allowed to buy driver's seats. Let me bounce one more here off the cuff with you guys and see what you guys think of it. Okay, let's hear it. And so, and that is when, when your group's act, actions, when your intentions, when your goals conflict with the locals' culture. Mm. Sure. Yeah, I think that that just raises strife when that happens. Yes. Yeah. And it, it, I, I say this, this comes out of my experience with China. Not that everything that's done there is locally is good or well done, but I often find that there is so much animosity against Christians and against Westerners. Yeah, because we've done this in China. Yeah, we, we've injected our own cultural views and values through our mission work. Yeah, and thus 
created stri- un, uh, unintentional, unnecessary yeah. strife between the Christians on the ground and the local government. We've often in many different countries, um, Americans have made Christianity and being an American go hand in hand. And so it's like you have to if you want to accept Jesus, you also got to accept democracy the way of doing things. Yeah. Yes. Never mind. Yeah. The which fact means that Christianity has. Existed. I love democracy, which means no dancing. <laughs> or getting riled up in church, you sit there and you listen, and sometimes you raise your hand, but not too high because that's embarrassing. Yes. I mean, Christianity has existed for over two thousand years. Yeah. I don't think it needs; it has to. It's a, it's required to be clothed in right. in American democracy. Well, see, that was that was one of the bigger examples I've I've heard said before. Is that in certain countries in Africa? Um, there is like a lot of dancing involved oh, in, yeah. in worship, which is cultu- mm. culturally dance is like a, a oh, it's a huge thing. deal. Yes, and I'm not saying that there isn't people that want to dance in America. I just think that culturally in Africa, there's probably a bigger proponent of dance that probably comes out of the historical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to incorporate that and make that part of what Christ is doing mm-hmm. is just part of their culture. So if we came in and we were like, "All right, everybody, settle down. We're going to do this. <laughs> we're going to do a three chord worship song. Just kind of hang out and sing, and right. they start to dance." You're like. These people yeah. are being rowdy. That is us in trying to change yeah. the way they worship. Right. And so, you know, be humble, I would say, is a good way to yeah. do that, too. Come in with a humble heart, ready to uh, be adapting to what God is asking of yes. you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I think that all plays into um, us being open to keeping God at the center and not our own yeah. motives and pride and culture. We want to be led where the presence of God is. And I think that. You know, to your point, what you were talking about, there are times where um, like opinions and things are going to conflict. Oh, sure. And, absolutely. And it unfortunately is very much a situational kind of thing, I think. Sure. There, there, so, there, there's no single black and white answer. Yeah, there's no black and white rule. So you're going to have to listen and then you're also going to have to pray and listen to the Holy Spirit. I think that God will lead your team to the right answer and if there has to be some kind of conflict, um, then hopefully it will be on biblical grounds and you'll have a biblical reason to stand on. Absolutely. Keep God at the center of it always. Yeah. Boom. All right, guys. Great app. Well done. We went a little longer than normal, but it's all good because that's what God's leading us to do. There you go. Yeah, buddy. Yep. (laughs) So send us where you're going, God. That's where we want to go. I like it. This Hopefully you guys consider this podcast a ministry. Um, it is sort of an outreach, but also a discussion. Um, and so in that light, we would just ask that you continue to support us. And one of the ways you can do that is to download our episodes. Please comment or give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or any place that you get your podcasts. Uh we would love to have more ratings. We would love to hear from you all and uh, hear some it feedback. It takes about two seconds, I think. So yeah, just get on there and literally put a little click, rating on click there. Click a star or two. And so that'll be fun. And then also check us out on Patreon. Uh, Zach just uploaded a bunch of new cool content from behind the scenes. Yep. Funny little blurbs and uh, some of our uh, our music uh, is on there, like mm-hmm. all of our albums. And a new album is coming out very, very soon uh, from the end of last year. There's a large clip from the Enneagram that's out there right now as you guys are listening to this. Yeah, by the time this is up, that'll be there. Yep. So you guys, um, please continue to support us. We appreciate all that you've done. Um, We have hit a great mile marker of getting over 2,000 downloads last year, and we're going to 
try and continue in that vein. We're going to do a lot of cool stuff. And in the future, we should have some new guests on. So keep clued in for those. Yeah, buddy. All right. We love you. God bless. See you.